This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You guys aren't going to believe this. You're not going to believe this whatsoever. When I tell you this, you're going to be shocked, I tell you. Put a, put a pillow underneath your jaw right now because it's about to drop uh donald trump was banned from twitter for absolutely no reason whatsoever well i mean other than other than being donald trump what's up this is mark k saves the republic uh thanks so much for joining us for our pre-show podcast we do this every single day it's a way for us to kick off the show kick off the day get you the news before anyone else brainstorm the uh, hot topics that we're going to be covering in our show later on you know warms it gets me a little warm it's another reason for me to lock myself in my office and avoid people which i appreciate so thank you guys for that opportunity and most importantly it's our way of saving the republic from itself whoa my pen just exploded we're gonna have to get rid of that one uh anyway uh, saving the republic we're gonna get into that a little bit because 2024 offers a really really big opportunity for the republicans and i think a lot of people don't even know that um And what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of focus on the presidential election in 2024, as there should be a lot of focus on the presidential election in 2024. But uh, there's another huge opportunity, like I said, for this party to gain control. And I think the the presidential election, this is going to sound weird to say, but the presidential election may not even be the most important election we have in 2024. Um, The Senate is the Senate is something that we need to keep a close eye on and need to be aware of because there's 33, the Senate, there's, there's a hundred Senate seats at every three, every two, um, and there's six year term. So yes, we have 33 Senate seats up for grabs as happens every two years. There's another 33 and I get in one year, there's 34. Um, but we have 33 Senate seats up for grabs of those 33 Senate seats, 10 belong to Republicans, 23 belong to Democrats. And of the ones that belong to Democrats and ones that belong to Republicans, this is where it gets really interesting. This gets very exciting, as a matter of fact. Uh, The Republicans are in heavily favored keep areas or dominantly uh, Republican areas. And the Democrats, a lot of them, are in toss-up or battleground states. And I think that's very important to Um, I think that's very important to realize because the Senate, as it is now, is 5149. If you take out Kristen Sinema, then it's, you know, 5051 and or 5049 And then if you take out um, Joe Manchin, who a lot of people are thinking may switch sides, although I don't I don't see it happening. um, That's another really exciting thing. But we'll get to all that here in just a minute. And I'll go through the states and when why the Senate is so important coming up in 20. 24. First, we got to talk about Donald Trump, though, because this guy, you know, he was his very last tweet before he was banned was a lot of people are asking and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading it directly, but a lot of people are asking. And no, I will not be attending the inauguration. In fact, here, I'll just pull it up right now so you can get it because I don't want, you know, I don't want people to say I'm. Uh, here we go. Real Donald Trump, 45th president of the United States on January 8th. So two days after January 6th, on January 8th, 2021, he wrote to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration. 
on January 20th. That was it. That was the entire tweet. And that was the last tweet before they kicked him off of the um before they kicked him off the platform. Well, now we're starting to see that Donald Trump was kicked off the platform for absolutely no reason whatsoever. That when you look at this last tweet and you look at, you know, the um the complaints that came in, he did not break any of the terms of services. Uh, he did not break any Twitter terms of service. He did not do anything that was against their policy on hatred or whatever. And the interesting part is that they, uh, hold on. I just lost this. I had the story up here in just a second ago. It's uh, this computer. I don't understand all of us. Like one day I'm looking at a story and the next time it just, uh, it's just gone. Anyway, but the latest part of the Twitter files, Twitter files, part five um, talks all about the removal of Donald Trump. And if you, if you read it, or if you look at the timeline, you'll see that it has absolutely nothing to do with the terms of service. Uh, It's all about an internal dialogue between Twitter employees who are trying to paint him as a terrorist leader, as a thug. Um, After January 6th, this is from Barry Weiss on the, uh, where is this? This is on, um, oh, uh, Thread Reader. This is directly from the Twitter internal documents. Um, There was one. Oh, hold on. We'll come back to that. I'm still struggling to understand the decision not to ban Trump altogether, given he is inciting people to violence that has led to people being killed. And I think we owe people an explanation externally. Uh, This is the elephant in the room. It feels like Twitter policy is engaged with someone acting in bad faith and we won't acknowledge it. Do we have any belief that Trump will stop tweeting incitements to violence? If Alex Jones was shut down for get your battle rifles, he's far exceeded that standard. I think a lot of employees must share these concerns. Is there any sort of channel or group where we can organize more action? And then they, uh, they keep going, they keep going, they keep going. Um, and they, and someone says, Oh, in the early afternoon of January 8th, the Washington post published an open letter signed by over 300 Twitter employees to CEO, Jack Dorsey demanding Trump's ban. We must examine Twitter's complicity in what president elect Biden has rightly termed insurrection. And then they're going back and forth. They're going back and forth. I'm not seeing clear or coded incitement in the DJT DJT tweet, says Annika Navaroli. I'll respond in the elections channel and say that our team has assessed and found no violations for the Donald J. Trump tweet. And then uh, they keep flagging it. People keep going back and forth. But the person who's in charge of Twitter's, I guess, violations or term policy said clearly Clearly, there is no violation. Um, they just cave to internal pressure from their employees. Again, employees running the companies instead of the people running the companies running the companies. Now, what's even more interesting is then there's a Chinese employee. Um, there's an employee, a, he said, let's see, I forget who his name is, but he's a Chinese employee. He is an executive. And he wrote on January 7th in this Slack channel, maybe because I am from China, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. I understand this fear, but I also think it's important to understand that censorship by a government is very different than censorship of the government. The First Amendment in the U.S. and similar legislation in other countries with similar concepts exists specifically to prevent the government from silencing the people. That's an answer to that. I respect that, but realistically, we impose far stricter rules on effectively everyone else on the platform. We started labeling restricting his tweets when they became a threat to democracy and seemed like this was our red line yesterday. He clearly attempted to overthrow our democratic system of government and showed no signs of remorse. If this is not a clear reason to suspend him, blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is 
that you have people that come from communist countries working inside of Twitter going, this is wrong. This is the downfall of our government, of our company, of American society. You know, I've seen this firsthand. It's kind of like all the other immigrants who come here from communist countries and then start voting for Republicans because they realize that censorship and socialism and all this other crap that the Democrats are trying to push are exactly the kinds of things that force them to flee their country in the first place. They want freedom. They want the ability to raise their kids the way they want, practice the religion they want, go out and earn a living, say what they want to say without the government clamping down on them or spying on them or listening in on them or telling them to shut up or imprisoning them in any way, shape or form for their thoughts and their feelings and their ideas. That's what they left. Now they're here and they don't want that to exist again. So uh, just keep in mind that Twitter, it's, it's terms of, and this is old Twitter, but it, it probably, it probably is, is very similar to what's going on with, for example, TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and all of the other social media uh, companies. Twitter basically had a terms of service, a list of violations, um, and then they would go through and if somebody violated the terms of service or if there was some kind of gross misconduct, they would then decide whether or not to ban that person, put a warning on their account or both. This time around, it was not a violation of the terms of service. It was not any kind of egregious, um, you know, going against the policy of Twitter. It was just, hey, we don't like Donald Trump. We think that he's a bad dude. Uh, let's kick him off the platform. So just know that when you read these terms of service or when you agree to them, they're all BS. Doesn't matter. They're going to kick you off whether, they, whether you violate a term of service or not. And it could happen to anybody if it happened to Donald Trump. Um, they did now let Donald Trump back on Twitter, but of course he has yet to tweet. I believe, I believe he will come back to Twitter eventually, even though he has Truth Social. I believe that Donald Trump, is, Donald Trump knows that there's a time when he's going to need a boost in the polls, a boost in his public opinion, a boost in, in publicity, whatever it is. And one of the easiest things he could do, one of the things that's going to create the biggest stir, something that is going to explode the minds of the liberal elitists in social media and in the media and in the Democrat Party and really draw attention back to Donald Trump would be for him to tweet. So I don't think that he's not going to tweet. I think he's waiting for the ideal time. I mean, imagine if there's, if there's a lull or, or if there's, you know, a week that goes by without a mention of Donald Trump in the news, all he has to do is go back on his Twitter account and write something like, I'm back, bitches. And then boom, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be headline news for the next three, four weeks. Uh, people are just, wait I mean, they're itching. They're waiting. That's a headline. Will Donald Trump come back to Twitter? And when he decides to do it, it's going to be one of the biggest, <laughs> it's so weird to say, this is the society we live in. But if Donald Trump goes back to Twitter, and, and tweets anything at all. I mean, he could just, he could just tweet, you know, an eggplant emoji and it would be, it would be, it would be international news uh, for like two weeks. Um, anyway, we'll have more on that coming up in the show, but I do want you to understand that when you use any of these services, their terms of service don't mean a thing. It's boilerplate legal mumbo jumbo that they put up there, but they will violate their own terms of service. They will make arbitrary decisions. If they don't like you, you're not there. And if you do anything at all, it doesn't, you can go through and say, but um, I didn't violate any terms of service. Doesn't matter. They're internally working and their employees are internally complaining to the, uh, to the companies and the executives. And this is again, why companies are failing. It's too many companies. The, the downfall of Twitter was that they count out to their employees. They didn't have a board or a president with a clear message or mission statement. 
They didn't have any kind of clear operating procedures. They didn't have, you know, a goal in mind. They didn't have a captain steering the ship. They just let the crew point that vessel wherever the crew want, whatever the whims of society, wherever they were telling him to point that ship. And that's why, um, that's why they almost sunk until Elon Musk came in, uh, threw half the crew overboard and said, I'm taking over. This is my, I'm the captain now. That's what Elon Musk, I'm the captain now. Um, anyway, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Um, in movie quotes. All right. So real quick, before we get into, before we wrap it up, I want to talk about the Senate in 2024 because it's important. 33 se- seats up for grabs. 23 of them are for for Democrats. And many of them are battlegrounds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine are battlegrounds. Now, the interesting thing to look at when you look at the battlegrounds, every single battleground state, every single bat or seat rather, every single battleground seat all eight of them are currently held by Democrats. Think about this. Every Republican seat, Rick Scott, uh, Mike Braun, who's retiring, but it's Indiana, so I'm not really worried about that one. Roger Wicker, Josh Hawley, uh, Deb Fisher, you know, Marsha Blackburn, Ted Cruz, Mitt Romney, all of those are solid Republican wins. Well, Mitt Romney, I know, I know, I know. Um, but that's a, that's a solid Republican docket of candidates who should be able to maintain their seats. In Arizona, Kristen Sinema just left the Democrat Party. She'll probably run as an independent, splitting Democrat votes, which means that's an easy pickup for Republicans. And in fact, the Republicans are winning that plus two if they can get their act together and fix the voting system there. Uh, in Michigan, Debbie Stabenow is is uh, in a battle with whomever the Republican nominee is. And if it's a good Republican nominee, guess what? The Republicans already lead by a point. That'll, that is a battleground and a winnable state. So that's two potential pickups that puts the Republicans in the majority. Then there's Montana. Montana is a red state, like the reddest state. And John Tester has been their um, senator. I don't know why for way too long. In my opinion, it's a battleground. And that is a Republican state by 11 percentage points. An easy win, an easy pickup for the Republicans. Um, Nevada. Jackie Rosen's up and we know what's going on in Nevada. Very similar to what happened in Arizona. If Nevadans can get their act together, that could be a pickup for the Republicans. Ohio, Sherrod Brown. I mean, we just got J.D. Vance in there. You know, it's a solid Republican state. The Republican governor just got reelected. It went for Trump back to back. Again, Ohio, Sherrod Brown, Brown should be out. And in fact, the Republicans lead that state by six points. Again, Pennsylvania. Man, can you imagine having a we got to go back to Pennsylvania, folks. Uh, Bob Casey Jr. losing to Republicans already in another battleground state. Virginia, the Democrats lead in Virginia. But look what happened with uh, look what happened with the governor's race. Look what's been going on with the the con- uh, congressional races. I believe Virginia is winnable. I don't believe Virginia is a blue state. Purple, sure, but only because of, uh, of uh, northern Virginia near Washington, D.C. Highly winnable, if you ask me, even though Tim Kaine supposedly is leading by three points. Also, that guy's a douche. Sorry to say it, but if we just if we just focus on the douchebaggery of Tim Kaine, I feel like that's a big pickup. Joe Manchin. I mean, guys, this guy's career's over unless he switches the Republican Party, but even then, Joe Manchin's going to he's not I I'd be shocked if he runs again. If he does, he's going to lose. Republicans have a plus 22 advantage in of all the states where Democrats still um maintain a a Senate seat. His is the highest percentage by which the Republicans hold. So Joe Manchin's out. 
and then Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin, another battleground, but potentially winnable. If we win all eight, that's huge. If we win half of them, that's a majority. And I believe Arizona, winnable. Michigan, winnable. Montana is a gimme. Ohio, gimme. Wisconsin, a gimme. And West Virginia, gimme. I mean, all of these all of these are very, very important. So, yes, okay, candidate selection, is that what we're talking about? Is that what we want to blame? Because a lot of people blamed candidate selection, poor candidate selection for the Georgia loss and the Pennsylvania loss. Um, I don't believe it was a candidate selection issue in New Hamp- in um, uh, New Hampshire. I don't believe it was a candidate selection issue in Arizona or in Nevada. Uh, but, you know, people will blame different people. The, the biggest hurdles to the Republicans winning uh, a majority of seats in the Senate in 2024, the biggest hurdles right now are Ronna McDaniel, who is in charge of the RNC and probably will be, and Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate. And those two ass clowns, for whatever reason, maintain power and have been able to bottle up the, the loyalty of a lot of high-profile and high-powered um, conservatives in the Senate. And I think that's going to be our biggest problem. I will work diligently, as much as I can, to counteract the negative impact of those two individuals. Um, but just know, the presidential election in 2024 is super important, but the Senate is, is low-hanging fruit that we can all grab. And if we can grab that and maintain control of the House and win the presidency, then folks, we are really, I mean, we are, we are well on our way to saving the republic.